I think that's it. Welcome to the Bitterest Pillars Dan Class. I'm in a box uh, behind a garage here in beautiful Orange County, California. It's May 1st, uh, 2018, and uh, 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 here I am. Okay, here I am, against my better judgment. See, I think I made, what happened was, I made the mistake of listening to an old podcast. And apparently that does not put me in the ideal mood to create a new podcast, and I don't know why. It's not an excuse, it's just me theorizing aloud. But the truth is, the idea of, of, oh, that, I think that's what it is. See, it's bad enough that I have to hear my own voice when I talk into the microphone for an hour. But, but... But I just listened to myself for an hour, and now I have to listen to myself again for another hour. That sounds like hell. Like, really, absolute, just not good. And so, I wish you could see me right now. No, I don't. But I'm literally reclined on the sofa like I'm undergoing some sort of Freudian analysis. I'm holding the microphone like maybe I'm going to burst out into song... Wish me luck. So, I do have a list of things that I guess I guess we're going to cover today. I'm sorry I keep moving the microphone around. I'm going to stop doing that because it's very unprofessional. But let's look for my list. Where is it? Okay. Mm. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Okay. Yes. Very good. See, to give myself a little bit of uh, relief or what I, you know, whatever, I'm just looking at this hour as some time that you and I get to spend together. With no real agenda, I don't have to uh, change your life, I don't, I don't think. I think really I just serve as a distraction from whatever mindless task you're currently doing. Now, that's how I use podcasts, right? I, I'll be doing the dishes or sorting the Oh, I got to sort laundry, damn it. I shouldn't have said that, but you know what I mean. So later on, I'm going to have to find a podcast to listen to while I'm sorting laundry, much as you probably are right now. So I'm going to random, I'm basically just randomly going to, I don't, it doesn't, does it really matter? Listen, I've been fasting intermittently, which actually isn't as horrible as it sounds. Now, I didn't know, I mentioned this on the last recording that I did, but it turns out intermittent fasting is really just trying to wait until noon to have breakfast and then not eating anything after 8 p.m. Which I, I guess maybe the point of it is technically you do go into, into a fast state, but really it's just a structured way to stop you from eating all the damn time. Because that, that's what I got into a habit of doing. Now, listen, oh, I'm going to talk for maybe five minutes on a certain, this topic. It may not pertain to all of you. It definitely, any of you that are hypoglycemic, hypochondriac, compulsive eater, this is definitely for you. The rest of you will see. But I had definitely gotten to a point where I was eating all day long. And what I was doing is I have low blood sugar and I was justifying it by saying, well, I'm eating all the time so I don't have some sort of blood sugar issue. So anytime I had, you know, the slightest pang of hunger, I would eat. Because hypoglycemia is a great excuse to rationalize a snack. So. It got to a point, though, where I was eating all the time. And it was because I felt like I had to eat all the time. And I think, in retrospect, the reason was I was eating 
those protein bars. Now, you know I eat those protein bars all the time, right? Well, what happens when you think you're hypoglycemic is you go and you have this test and the doctor says you're hypoglycemic, don't eat sugar. And you say, okay. And then you read labels and you find things that don't have too much sugar in them and that's what you eat. And so I eat these protein bars that, that don't really technically <laughs> have that much sugar. But they're still sweet because they've got, you know, probably cancer-causing agents that taste good or whatever. The problem is that your uh, liver or pancreas or whatever it is that creates and uh, excretes insulin. Doctor, don't, don't hassle me. I don't, I don't need to know right the second if it's the kidney or the pancreas. Pretty sure it's the pancreas. And it may not excrete. It may inscrete it. I don't, I don't know. All I know is that some part of my body usually makes too much insulin if I eat sugar and overcompensates for all the sugar. But what I'm telling you is the pancreas, which I'm pretty sure is the place that, where that happens, is not smart enough to differentiate between artificial sugar and real sugar. So what that means is the same reaction it would have to real sugar, I think it might have to artificial sugar. Which means I've spent the last 15, 20 years eating these stupid protein bars and protein shakes on a semi-hypoglycemic roller coaster. And it got worse and worse. And like I said last time, I am fatter than ever. But, but I was rationalizing it because I was at least not having low blood sugar issues. But I, I, I don't, don't, because I quote unquote watch what I eat all day. Well, I got it in my head that I needed to make, take drastic measures and yours truly, and I don't know if you fall into this category, but yours truly not so good with moderation. I, uh, I need to kind of be at one extreme or the other moderation, cutting back a little, not for me. So what I did is I read up on intermittent fasting. And like I say, really, you just have to try not to eat much between eight and Noon, 8 p.m. and noon p.m. Is noon p.m. or is 12.01 p.m.? I have no idea. I don't recall what p.m. even stands for. Post-meridian? So is meridian noon? So is noon p.m.? No. I know I'm confusing things. Now, maybe for you it sounds normal or at least easy to not eat from 8 p.m. to noon, but I was eating... Really at 6, probably again at 7.30, probably again at 8.35, probably again at 9.15, probably, right? And having a grand old time and packing on the pounds. So I wanted to try intermittent fasting, but I didn't want to wind up, you know, on the floor in a cold sweat with a migraine, basically, right? And I, I got to write an article about this for Hypoglycemics Weekly magazine. Hypoglycemic Weekly. Um, if you don't, when you get up, if you don't eat anything at all, actually, for a hypoglycemic, it doesn't trigger a hypoglycemic reaction because there's nothing to react to, dummy. So here I am, right, getting myself all torqued up about the fact that I'm going to and I, and, and I didn't because I don't, because what the hell? So really all you have to do, now listen, 
you know the truth. We all know the truth about weight loss. Every weight loss book really, honestly, should be boiled down to four words. Eat less, exercise more. Period. End of story. Right? So, and I'm not saying this to brag because I'm telling you I'm the biggest wimp when it comes to this kind of thing. Because, right, I really admit I panic eat because I'm afraid that I'm going to, you know, not feel particularly human. But I, I got into a new habit, and you can try this, and it might work for you too, where I just say to myself, dude, you don't, you don't actually need to eat right now. You just want to eat right now. Stop. Just, okay, just press on with yourself. And that panic feeling of wanting to eat something, needing, quote, unquote, needing, I'm doing finger quotes, needing to eat something can pass. Now, do I cheat? Yeah, I do. I do. I cheat a little bit. And I'm going to tell you the secret to my cheating because I think it's a smart cheat. But in theory, as it turns out, and again, I used to eat four times at least, no question about it, before noon. It's actually not that hard to do. And then at noon you eat. No, but by then you're so used to not eating. You, you know, you tr- typically, you're not going to pig out or anything because you've, you've, right, you're, so far you're winning. You don't want to suddenly throw in the towel because you're, right, you're winning. My secret weapon is a uh, high fiber, uh, uh, supplement thing. What do you even call that? You know, like Citrusel and Metamucil and stuff like that. Fiber for your butt. You know what I mean? Like you get a little claw, right? Okay. That stuff, here's what I do. And maybe this is not medically sound. So, so far I've got doctors um, that are going to write me about whether uh, the pancreas excretes or increases or expels or releases, whatever it does. But what I do is I, I make a glass of Citrusel or Metamucil, whatever the hell that stuff is. And really just to get into it, like really get into it, I let it sit for just a couple minutes. I like it nice and cold, so I don't want it to get warm, but I let it sit till it starts to get kind of gooey. Because I guess the fiber powder, when it mixes with the water, right, it, it starts to expand. So I wait for it to get a little thick. This sounds disgusting, but it's awesome. And then I drink it. And it's, it's a lovely orange beverage. It doesn't matter. I can't drink orange juice because why sugar? So my orange juice in the morning, okay, I admit it. It's one of those fiber, fiber poop drinks. But it fills my stomach. And then I really honestly can go until noon, pretty sure, usually, not today, apparently, uh, until uh, I can go till noon without eating. And then I have lunch and then I have a little, you know, snag or whatever. It's not that big a deal. And then I, I'm sure I blow the whole thing at dinner time. I can't exactly get the, the rest of the family on my schedule. But yes, for a lot of us, the reason we feel hungry is because of what we ate last. And so if you either don't eat anything last or don't eat anything too super sugary, or quote-unquote sugary tasting last, 
it's easier to cut, to, uh, right? to cut back on the constant consumption. So what I did too is I switched over to this breakfast cereal that I used to eat. I can't think of the name of it now. Go Lean or something. Because if I eat a, one serving of Go Lean or even like one or a half serving of one of my protein bars, if I eat a protein bar, because I don't eat a big, huge one, I am, I'm still starving. But if I, eat, if I eat a big bowl of goline, it probably does the same thing as the citrus cell in my belly and expands 10 times. Now, have I lost any weight? No, I don't, I don't think so. I'm still beyond my uh, ideal photographic weight. My IPW. I just made that up. Please don't, exp- don't, don't come to Los Angeles and, and try to get an agent and go, well, my IPW is uh, 167. Because they're not going to know what. That's just a secret thing between us. That I am not currently at my IPW. And I would like to be much closer to my IPW. Before I'm being photographed. At any weight. So yeah, what I do is I try not to eat. Or I eat, you know, have my goop, goop drink. And maybe some goline. And then around noon or so, you know, I'll eat this frozen thing that I get. Uh, sometimes I, what I do is I, sometimes I go over to Walmart and get one. There's a Walmart near my office. Now, listen, I don't want to defend Walmart because you know how I get about cheap prices at mega store chains, right? I've extolled the virtues of Target many times, but I got to tell you something. I had never been into a Walmart. Maybe we talked about this last time. I don't know. I hadn't been in a Walmart in 10 years. And before that, I don't think I'd ever been in a Walmart because you see those pictures of people on the internet with their pants falling down and their children on leashes or whatever. It's just insanity at Walmart. So I had never been into a Walmart for more than, I think, literally one time. But there's one near my office and it was a little early one morning and I thought I would go in there and um, get something to eat later in the day. And apparently the Walmart in Irvine near my office is very nice. Very nice, normal looking store with very nice, normal looking people all doing nice, kind of fairly normal things. Why didn't you tell me that there are normal Walmarts? I guess I should have figured it out on my own, but you understand? No one has a well, like a website that's... Normal photos of normal things at Walmart. There, there's no such thing. There's always like freaks at Walmart on the internet. And it turns out in real life, it's just like cheap Target or something. At least in, at least in my work neighborhood. So yeah, I go to, now I just go to Walmart sometimes at 8 in the morning and just wander around a little bit. See how inexpensive everything is. And then, you know, I get a Diet Coke and I leave. But I was walking around Walmart one day and I saw that they have, I mean, they have everything there. But one thing they do have there is bicycles. Now, my bike, my bike is uh, in Los Angeles. I don't have a bicycle here in Orange County. And uh, these are definitely, uh, you know, first world problems. <laughs> that, that my bike is, is at my first home or whatever. <laughs> What an ass. I can't, I don't know how many more of these recordings I can do. Uh, I feel like such an ass all the time. Why am I complaining to you about going to Walmart? Like, who cares? Are you enjoying this? Please, if you're not enjoying this, 
You do not owe me anything. Turn it off now. I would recommend another podcast, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But so I'm walking around. I'm just, listen, I, I can't afford therapy. I can't bring myself to go over there every week, wherever that would even be. You are my therapist. You don't have to be. Just shut it off now. Or I'm going to tell you about looking at bicycles at Walmart. I'm sorry, but that's apparently where we're going with this. So at Walmart, they have bicycles. And some of them are very inexpensive. And I didn't realize that I wanted a bike until I saw how cheaply I could buy a bike. So apparently that is uh, my mentality. My mentality is, if I think I can get a really good deal on something, I want one. And I think this explains women's attitude about shoes, right? If they can get a good deal on the shoes and then they suddenly need to have those shoes, I get it. Because for women, shoes are like bicycles and uh, electric guitars and boats and motorcycles, I guess. You just, you can rationalize buying a lot more shoes than you can rationalize buying a bunch of motorcycles. And I get it. I totally get it. But now I get it. But I'm at Walmart. In the morning time, when I'm susceptible, sure. And I see that they have several bikes under $100. And apparently for me, a bicycle, a brand new bicycle under $100, well, that's a must-have item. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really frank with you. I don't know anything about bicycles. I spent most of my youth on bicycles, but I wasn't uh, like an aficionado of bicycles. I owned one. And I rode it around. And that's the thing with me and bikes is like, well, I know some people get really into certain bikes and certain brands. You got to get a big one with that's super light and super fast. And you wear those skin tight shirts and the little shorts and you ride around and you act like you're sponsored by some Italian uh, fizzy water, whatever. I just ride a bike when I when I have a bike, I ride it. Sometimes I'm ready to get places. Sometimes I ride it just to kind of explore the neighborhood. But if I was riding it to like for exercise, I've said this before, but if I was riding it for exercise, I would not wear those skin tight bicycling shorts. And those shirts that people all get that I have to assume they're not really sponsored by those people, right? You've got to be kidding me. But if you want to ride a bicycle for exercise, you know what you do? You, you wear your street clothes and a parachute. The day I am impressed with somebody riding their bike for exercise is the day I see a guy doing that. Street clothes and a parachute. That's, that's a workout, baby. Not with your bike that weighs two ounces and you're riding with your skin tight thing down to the beach. Oh, please. Street clothes, parachute, and here in, like in Santa Ana, not near the beach, but here where it's hot. But I got obsessed with, I, I, I have to have a bike now. I have to have a bike here. And what I want to do is I, I want to just get an inexpensive bike. A nice beach cruiser. Even though we don't live near the beach, but I want a beach cruiser. I want a, I want a comfortable bike with big handlebars. Because when I was a kid, I had a bike that had big handlebars. I had that standard issue 70s bike with the big sissy bar and the banana seat and the big, I think they were called ape hanging uh, handlebars. Now, that's not what I want because I'll look like an idiot. But the, the kind of adult version of that would be, you know what, I'll get it just like a beach cruiser. I'll beach cruise around the town. I got an old town here. Old Town. We live in an old town called Old Town, so I will ride around Old Town. I'll ride from here into Old Town. I'll go around the circle. It's such a like cute old town. It has a circle. 
That is the sign of a like a legitimately cute old town. It has a circle, you know, a roundabout. Uh, 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 round. What do we call them in America? The British people call them a roundabout. What do we call those? A roundabout. Do Americans not have a word for that? A traffic circle? Is that what we call it? A traffic circle? See, that's why Americans, in some ways, are more boring than English people. Because a traffic circle is a super boring, technical, like, I'm right-handed and it was given to me to name that thing kind of name. Where roundabout, that's what it feels like. It feels like a roundabout. You know what I mean? It's like fun. You go around and around. Now, yeah, maybe there's some gypsies living in the middle, but still... I lived in England in the 70s. That's where the gypsy reference. I have nothing against gypsies. I'm just saying in 1974 in England, a lot of times when we were going around the roundabout, somewhere around there, there were legitimate gypsies. Gypsies are real, you know. I don't know if you know that, but as an American, we don't, gypsies are real. And I'll tell you something, and I really, really did have this reaction. And I, I posted this on Instagram. And it's really true. I'm, I'm walking down a path where I exercise every once in a while, right? And it's got tr- trees on either side. I mean, it's right in the middle of town, but it, but it's it's kind of semi-wooded in a way. And every once in a while, I'll see a little, you know, a bird or a lizard or whatever. These little uh, ground squirrels, apparently. And I'm walking along one day, and I see a rabbit, a cute little rabbit. And my first reaction to seeing the rabbit was, Oh my God, those are real. You know you're not getting out enough when you see a rabbit and your reaction is, Oh my God, those are real. So what I want is a bike that costs under $100 that I can ride around looking for rabbits. And they had this really cool black beach cruiser that I was trying to talk myself out of buying. It was only like $90 or $100. I think it was like $90. Maybe it was... $80, but it's a black beach cruiser. And I've kind of convinced myself, well, it's a two-sided coin because half of me loves the idea of a black beach cruiser. That's so hip, man, right? I like black things. Beach, beach cruiser, you know, beach, beach is kind of like not a black object place. It's a bright colored object place. How slightly ironic is a black beach cruiser? Well, It's apparently not that ironic because the flip side of that coin is every homeless guy in this area rides around on a black beach cruiser. Now, which is not to insinuate that I think if I buy a black beach cruiser that some homeless guy is going to steal my black beach cruiser because they already have them. They don't need to steal anymore. I just don't want to look like a homeless guy who happens to have just stolen a brand new bike. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm not so young. I don't shave all the time. I definitely, it's a fine line between aging pseudo faux hipster and Orange County homeless dude. Except that I uh, am not in good physical shape. A lot of these guys are in much better shape than I am. Better tattoos. They're fit. They're, they're, they're tan. Maybe, that, maybe that's the goal. You get the cruiser, you ride around. It's only got one speed, so it's a lot of work. You get sun. I'll get some ink and I'll be good. I'll be golden. So what I do is I, I feel like, um, you know, I am still married. Technically, I'm still married. I have a wife. Legally. Like if you, if I was in a court of law and you said, are you married? I, was, I would have to say yes. 
So because I have a wife, um, I felt obligated to bring up to her that I was thinking of buying one of these bikes because it would be a weird thing to just show up at home like, oh, by the way, I don't I have a bike now. Two bikes, actually. One in Orange County. You know what I mean? Even though she and my daughter decided they were going to buy an elliptical machine. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know those machines that people pay $30 a month to, to exercise on at the health club? Yeah, well, apparently we have enough money to just buy one. I didn't think we did. I thought I didn't go to Japan because we didn't have any extra money floating around because, oh, oh I see, that money had already been allocated to buying an elliptical. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so she was, uh, she bought an elliptical that is worth easily 10 times any bike that I would ever buy. And definitely, you know, we didn't, like, we discussed it in that sort of like, this is what I'm doing uh, kind of way, and you can object, but <laughs> So I didn't know what she was going to say about this bicycle idea. And so I said, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I was thinking because uh, I just I just don't want to fight. You know, what I was thinking is. Uh, I, I, yeah, I want to I want to get a little cheap beach cruiser and just kind of, you know, whatever. And they've got them and they're a Walmart and they're like 90 bucks, uh, you know, whatever. So she says, and I think she's going to think of some reason to object to me buying another bike. And I assume that she's going to say, listen, we've got like four bikes at the house. Why don't you just bring one down here? If you can drive one from Walmart to our house or to the apartment down here in the box in Orange County, you can uh, drive one from our house. But she didn't say that. She didn't say that at all. And maybe what she said was even not worse, but worse. She said, you know what you should do is find one on Craigslist. Because, you know, people buy bikes. And then they ride it around for a little while, and then they don't. And then a year later, six months or whatever, they got to get rid of it, and it's on Craigslist. Just save a lot of money. Probably get a much better bike for your dollar. And I say, yeah, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because I know myself, and I will spend the next four days doing nothing but searching on Craigslist for bicycles. And learning about bicycles and what brand of bicycles. And suddenly I'll know like 16 different brands of stupid beach cruisers and which ones cost more because of this and which ones and how you identify the beach. What's the difference between one with gears and one without gears? And what's the difference between a, a cruiser and a city bike and a mountain bike and a hybrid bike? And how do you tell if it's for boys or for girls? Because some of the girls bike looks like they're actually for boys, but they're really for girls. It's kind of the splitting the difference. But everyone that I see right next thing, right? Three days solid. I have been looking on Craigslist at bikes. Again, to reiterate, I don't find them inherently that interesting. But now my wife has given me a task that requires research and luck because you got to find a deal, right? It's got to be a bike where the person is asking way more than the thing is worth because that's apparently how my brain operates. Three days of nothing but looking at Craigslist 
And I just go from my phone to my laptop to my phone to my laptop from my phone to the laptop looking at these two. I could have, I, I could be fit by now riding my Walmart bike around. And I spend enough time on my phone as it is. Listen, I, and I'm not exaggerating. I think in an effort to, I'm really bored with my, I'm gonna, uh, I, I made the realization the other night, I'm really super bored with my life. As much as parts of it are very interesting to me, like my job, once I leave my job, and maybe this is what it's like to be a regular person, uh, everything is very boring. The drive home is boring, and I pick up my daughter, and that process is boring. And then it's fun to talk to my daughter, but then once we get home, she starts doing homework, and then I'm bored again because I got boring things to do. And then eventually somebody makes dinner, brings in dinner, and we sit and watch the same episodes of Frasier or Friends that we've been watching for what feels like probably two years. And eventually everybody just starts passing out. And somewhere, you know, a bunch of places in there I have to take out the dog and feed the dog and take out the dog and talk about feeding the dog and taking out the dog. Did you take out the dog? Can't you take out the dog? No, apparently not. So I'm a little bored. With my life, I clearly need to find a Zumba class around here or yoga or a book club or something. I don't know. I got to like be a suburban housefrau about it. I got to figure something out because what I do is I finish my dinner. The girls are still watching Frasier. I've seen this episode 30,000 times. And so I start looking at stuff on my phone and, and the, the, I've been doing that so much for so long. I have broken something in my hand. And I don't mean the bone, but something like I've broken or ruptured or fractured. Some, I have done some what seems to be irreparable damage to, to my left hand from swiping up. Swipe, swipe, swipe. Because one day I realized that my thumb now has a catch in it. And I'm going to put it up to the microphone in a couple of seconds to, to see if you can hear it. But what I mean by that is, and this is, this is my only good explanation, but like sometimes there's a horrible analogy, but I'll try to think of a more modern one. But in the old days, when you, when you had a big stereo system, you'd have the volume knob, right? And on older models, I think, or maybe it's maybe it was lesser models, but on some models, when you went up when you went to turn up the volume, it would go click, right? It would go click, 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 one, two, three, four, five, seven, click, click, right? It'd have certain settings. Or or like on the bicycle that I have up in LA, to get from one gear to the other, it clicks. It goes from first click, second, click, third, click, fourth. Now, when I was a kid, that was just a thing that you just listened for. You would just push a thing and it was smooth. And eventually you'd go from first kerplunk into second kerplunk, right? You'd hear the chain kind of lifting or falling onto the next uh, little sprockety thing. And then that's how you change gears. But the, the process was smooth. Just like on some stereos, you know, you get the oil dampened audio knob. And it's smooth. There's no click, click, click. You just, you right? So you can super fine tune it. So imagine your thumb is the super smooth volume or your thumb is like the old school shifter that doesn't go click, click, click. It's just smooth. Like if you wiggle your thumb around, 
you know, there's almost an infinite number of positions that your thumb can be. My thumb now has two positions. My left thumb. It's the thing, like the things that go click, click, click. It now has all the way up, like, hey, I'm the Fonz. Or it has completely bent. And that's it. And between the Fonz and completely bent is pain. Pain and a loud thumping, clicking sound. It's like there's a speed bump inside my thumb. Okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna try to... I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to put... I'm going to... I got to take... Nah, I probably shouldn't take that off. I'm going to put my thumb up to the mic and see if you can hear it make its weird sound because this is disconcerting. Can you hear that? I can hear it a little bit, but it's it, it's not... It's more of a thump than a sound. I can hear it, but I think it's because it's resonating through my spine. So I think it's called trigger thumb, which is a very macho sounding thing for when your uh, thumb is now reduced to two settings on off. Basically, it's not it's not a dimmer switch anymore. It's just an on off. That's it. Oh, there was the analogy I was looking for. Darn it. So. So, yeah, my thumb. So I've I swipe on my thumb so much. And this is prior to Melissa suggesting that I look on Craigslist. For a, for a bicycle where I could just go to Walmart right now and buy one for 90 bucks. I don't know from better. Does the chain connect to the pedals? And when I turn the pedals, does it make the back wheel go? Yeah. Then that's pretty good. Is there some mechanism built into the bicycle where if I squeeze a little thing or if I pedal backwards, the uh, bike stops? Yeah. Okay. Sold. Do I look... I want to buy... I basically... My requirements are... That it goes, it stops, and I don't look like an idiot on the bike. Of course, Melissa finds one on Craigslist for me, and she's like, hey, here's one. You should check this one out. I'm like, <laughs> don't say it, Dan, but it's a girl's bike. Don't say it. Don't don't argue. Just go, yeah, but don't engage. It's a girl's bike, baby. Do you not even, why are you insinuating yourself into this process when you don't even know the difference between a man's bike and a woman's bike? I will send you a picture of the bike that I eventually buy. It will either be the cheapest one I can find or the weirdest one I can find. But I don't know whether, I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't know whether to get one with gears or no gears. Listen, if you have bought a bike with no gears, you know, a fixie, a cruiser of some kind, some single geared bike, will you let me know if it's just hell or not? Because I have this fear that I'm going to hate it. That I'm going to think it's kind of cute for five minutes and I'll be like, but I want to go faster. I mean, I haven't ridden a bike with only one gear since, you know, I was probably nine. Right? I can't do that. So Hugo has taken over my office. Um, that dog is, I mean, I, you know, I kind of like the dog, but he's the bane of my, my existence. So what happens is at home... Um, you know, nobody really pays much attention to me unless they want me to make dinner, take out the garbage or lift something heavy or open something tight. But for the most part, I really sure it's, you know, the invisible man. So the flip side of that is Hugo gets a lot of attention, a lot of attention and affection and cooing and cooing. And you know, when you're courting, 
you and your girlfriend or you and your wife or your husband or whatever, and you're all like gooey gooey over each other and you say cute things and you're saying how cute you are and I love you and what's going on. That's what the dog gets now. Everything that I used to get back in 1980, whatever it was, like that's the dog gets that. And what do I get is, hey, did you call the doctor about the thing with the thing? Because I've got a list of things for you to do. Look how cute the dog is. So part of the reason I really, uh, you know, enjoyed working was I would leave this apartment thing, this box behind a garage and I would go to work and, um, what I would do before I'd go to, before I go to work, I would shower, I'd, uh, edge my, my beard, so to speak. You know what I mean? I like tighten up the beard a little and I would put on clean, somewhat wrinkle free clothing and I would go to this office. And it's a small office and everyone there would be very cordial to me. If I walked by, they would see me when I said things, they would listen to me and I would, uh, give them, you know, they would ask me for my opinion, my ideas on things. I would give it, they would, they would listen. And it was wonderful. It was a wonderful respite from being here and being invisible, the invisible dog handler, basically. But what I would do is I would go down to my work and then after a certain number of hours, the dog would need to be let out because the dog has to pee because he is a a beast. Now, I feel like maybe we've talked about this before. So what I would do is I would drive from my office. This would be my lunch hour and a half. I would drive up from my office back home, let the dog out. I'd shove something down my throat and I'd drive back to work. Well, this is, that, was, that was not working for me. So Melissa suggested <laughs> that I see if I can bring the dog to work. So I asked about it very tippy toey Lee, right? And the owner said, oh, yeah, that'd probably be okay. I, 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 think, uh, I think we're allowed to have pets here. We used to have pets here. And we don't have a rule against it. We just have never done it in this particular building. We don't know if we're allowed. But yeah, sure, you know, whatever. So now, everyone loves Hugo. And now, when I go to work, I am the guy who brings Hugo. I am no longer their colleague, Dan. I am the guy who brings Hugo. Hugo just wanders around the place all day, kissing ass, blowing smoke up skirts. Getting pet, like if I can't find Hugo, he's in my boss's lap. This is not, this is not fair. Is this what it's like to be a middle-aged man who's been married for a quarter of a century? Is this what it's like? You just, you eventually do become just an invisible person until someone needs to ring a bell. Like, hey, listen, see this jar? Open that, tough guy. I am a slave to a dog that doesn't even weigh nine pounds. Oh my God, they love the dog. Oh, he's so cute. He's so, he's so friendly. So, yeah, I know, I know, I know. You know how I know? Because I'm told it. All day, every day by my wife and my daughter. 
And thank God Hudson went to college because he would be telling me the same thing all day. Well, at least I have trigger thumb. So, I would like to make a blanket statement. Uh, and that is, uh, well, no, I'll start with this story and then I'll make the blanket statement. So, my daughter calls me one day. Oh, no, she texted me. She and I had been texting back and forth. And then some time went by and I was waiting to hear back from her about something. And she texted me something that I didn't fully understand. It was, there was a misspelling or a, it was an autocorrect thing that we put the wrong word in there or something. And I didn't understand what was going on. And, and for whatever the, the text was, I thought one of her friends was texting me something like as a joke. Cause it had a, it had the F word in it. And my daughter would never, even as a joke, text me something with the F word just out of the blue. Oh, that's what it was. It was something like effing pick up your phone. Now, that, okay, you know how young people are always talking about being triggered? That's my trigger. Because my wife does that to me. Because my wife will do this thing where she'll text me. And then if I don't respond to her text in 15 seconds, she will text Hello. Now, the good thing about that is I'm not within reach of her neck. The bad thing is I, it really does trigger the F out of me and I get really effing pissed. Because as much as I know for a fact that I'm just the invisible servant, I do not want to be treated like I'm the invisible servant. So I admit when my daughter texts me, answer the effing phone, I get really pissed off. And then right after that, it was something like, blah, blah, like so, that, that was the confusing part. Like something confusing, K, K. So I think one of her friends is effing around with her phone. So I make some snotty comment back. Well, it turns out one of her friends from middle school, from elementary and middle school, one of our friends for many, many years has gone missing. Okay, this is not a, a sad story. But at the time, it's a very sad story. Now, I told you that, you know, my daughter's best friend knew a kid who was recently murdered. That news story's kind of died down now. But the idea of, of someone disappearing is, you know, it's kind of top of mind still. And so when, when my daughter's friend goes missing, my poor daughter, Tlui, you know, she, she is devastated. Because the girl had been missing by that point for 24 hours by the time we found out about it. So Tlu is on her network of middle school friends texting. They're all trying to figure out what's going on. And, and none of them are near where this young woman should be. Because we've moved and this other one has moved and but you know what I mean? It's just crazy. So everyone's on Facebook like posting missing wanted posters and texting each other and sharing and sharing and sharing because we want to put the word out because we got to find this girl like this is insanity. 
Now, luckily, about four o'clock that day, so this is all around, let's say, two. So within a couple hours of us knowing about it, it turns out the girl is found. She's found by the cops with her boyfriend. Boyfriend. And um, I just, now that I'm this old, 15-year-olds with boyfriends just seems uh, cute. Uh, And not in a good way. Um, You know, the cops found the two of them hiding in the tunnel that goes under the runway at LAX. I was just like, whatever. Not a particularly smart move. I don't know any more of the story than that. Uh, we will know soon. It's not my story. My story is that I, for two hours, now granted, it's only two hours, but two hours, I have to deal with my daughter who thinks one of her friends has been killed, kidnapped by some perv and killed. And listen, I listen to a lot of really weird true crime podcasts. So I am inclined to believe as she believed that her friend was probably abducted and killed. She's probably been put into some kind of meat grinder or she's been sold into slavery and sent over to who knows where. No, no, she's just hiding with a 14-year-old idiot in the tunnel at LAX. So here's the blanket statement, though. And I will, I will remember this if my kids ever do anything really weird. If you're, uh, if something goes on and you you know, end up requiring the mobilization of a hundred people looking for your son or daughter. And that hundred people all think your son and daughter is legitimately missing and could be in grave peril. And then it turns out they're just hiding in a tunnel under the on-ramps. We deserve the story. No, honestly, we don't deserve the story, but trust me, we deserve the story. I want a detailed blow-by-blow list of circumstances because now we have instantly gone from being worried absolutely sick about your poor dear offspring to, holy crap, what was that idiot thinking? I can't wait to figure out what was going... Please tell us now, what was going through this person's mind that they were out waiting hiding in a tunnel for 30 hours. And they thought that was a good idea. They didn't think that we'd be sending the cops for them. Didn't think they could just go home, right? Sneak in the back door and wait. Like, really? Yes, we deserve... Because what happens is if you don't tell us, we're going to try to figure it out. And that's not good. Don't, don't leave, just tell us, well, you know, the, the boyfriend, they thought it was romantic or whatever the thing is. We deserve to know. We have cried for your child and it turns out your child uh, is stupid. And we want to know how stupid I don't know. I'm just going to, that, that's just how I'm going to put it. And the really shitty thing is I like this young woman's mother is just absolutely wonderful. <laughs> Really wonderful, caring, smart, accomplished woman. So I, I feel bad even joking about it, but it's the, but that is definitely the reaction. Now, listen, I, I, don't des- I don't deserve any information. I'm just saying that whether you like it or not, that is everybody's, trust me, as nice as everybody's being on Facebook and, oh, thank God, and we rallied and we found her. No, we didn't do anything. We were all upset and sharing things on Facebook. The cops found her. And then we secretly want to know what the hell was going on that got us all riled up. 
And I'm sure that's easy for me to say because I tell you, I directly tell you all the stupid things that I can think of that I do. And if I, if there's something really stupid that I do that I don't tell you about, it's probably either because I forgot or because it incriminates some other person in a way that uh, I'm not comfortable with, but really mostly the first thing. You know what I mean? Like there, yeah, it's, it's really just pretty much that I don't remember. I'll be honest with you. All right, that's it for this time. I'm listen. I'm sorry uh, that, that um, you know part of the boredom that I'm feeling. Maybe I'll be honest is probably that nothing uh, big, no big catastrophe has happened that I can tell you about to give you a, a, a really wonderfully heart wrenching, hilarious podcast. You're just going to have to deal with this sort of like regular suburban level podcast for another couple of weeks. I'll trust me, I'll start going to Pilates or something and make an ass of myself and I'll tell you all about it. Okay. That's a promise for me. I trust me. uh, If, if the last 13 years are any indication, I will definitely uh, embarrass myself in some major way very soon. And uh, you will be there to reap the rewards. Uh, next time, I guess we may talk about. Can you hear that? Next time, we will talk about um, how uh, my daughter got me to actually go to a professional basketball game, and uh, how I am not uh, one of her acting coaches, and that bothers me, and no one seems to care. Anyway, my name is Dan Class. This has been the Bitter's Pill, and you know that. Thank you for, you know, whatever listening. The Bitterest Pill is made possible thanks to the generous contributions of our patrons. Patrons like Megan, Sean Othan, Sean Stewart, Dan Kuykendall, Brahm Lasagna, Jay Savastano, Peter Chase, Jim Periotis, Mike Scott Hamilton, Jeff Short, David Jackson, Harold Goldner, Flores, Tom Carroll, David and Gerard, and the one and only Dr. Rob Rice. Thank you for supporting the bitterest yes. pill. Blame those people for the bitterest pill. I thank you all and all the other patrons. You know, Deborah, John, Ed, another Jeff. What's happening? I don't look at this. Heather, really? What's going on? Oh my God. Okay, we got to talk. Anyway, listen, uh, I'm going to stop wasting your time. Um, I will talk to you soon. We'll talk about going to the Clippers game and watching my daughter dance hip hop and whatever the other thing was and whatever else happens and uh, whatever else and whatever else okay fine and whatever you do though and I'm serious do not get trigger thumb bye bye